Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast right here on the Steel Curtain Network, which is a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Folks, I can't believe it, but here we are. It's Friday. It is the last Friday before Christmas, the last Friday before the Saturday game, Week 16, Steelers and Bengals at Acroshore Stadium, which, as we know now, will be the final game in 2023 at Acroshore Stadium. Hasn't been the same since they changed that name, if you've noticed. I don't know. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. We have a good show for you today. We have uh, coming up Brandon Harriet or B-Dirt, as you know him from the homies. Brandon Harriet's going to be on in the Behind Enemy Line segment right here at the start of the show. Jeremy Jerome Betts is going to be with me in the second half of the show. And make sure you stay tuned to the very end for a heart-to-heart where I give you a Christmas wish list for the Pittsburgh Steelers before we do any of that. I want to make sure that you all understand that next week, this weekend, I should say, I know that everyone's going to be traveling and they're going to be doing family stuff. Look, there will be podcasts for you to consume whenever you're ready, whenever you are able to listen. I'll have a very brief winners and losers podcast after the game for you to digest on Sunday morning. And then I will have my Monday Let's Ride podcast for you. It might not be as long because folks, I got five kids, you know, I've got to tend to some stuff, if you know what I mean. So because of that, it might be a little bit shorter of a show on Monday. uh, And you'll have that on Christmas Day, whether you want to listen to it on the 25th, 26th, whatever, that's up to you. Totally your discretion as the ride or die crew. But there you go. Get that out of the way. What's coming up? Quick break. After the break, we got B-Dirt talking all things Bengals heading into week 16. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. It is Friday. It's time for the second half of the Let's Ride podcast, which means it's time for the Behind Enemy Lines segment. Actually, it's the first half. What the hell am I thinking? It's the first half of the show. I've got my, everything's all mixed up. It's Friday. Brandon Harriet from Running Through the Jungle. You might know him from the homies as B-Dirt. He's our, he's doing our Bengals coverage for fans for Sports Network. Brandon, what's up? That's right. And, I, you know, second time on Behind Enemy Lines, and I love the irony they're playing in Pittsburgh, and uh, I can take the T there if I want to. <laughs> I was going to say, you literally are behind enemy lines. I love it. Uh, uh, but, man, the last time we talked, it was right before Thanksgiving. Joe Burrow had just gone down with an injury, done for mm-hmm. the year, and everyone's like, well, Jake Browning, I don't think so. And the Steelers won that game, and it's the last game they've won since then. And the talk about two teams going in different directions, you have the Steelers who are completely in nosedive mode right now. And you've got the Bengals who have resurrected their season. What are your thoughts about the Bengals and them turning it around with Browning at quarterback? Well, you know, I I uh, immediately adjusted my expectation and my thoughts for this game or for this team, right? Um, I wanted to see them compete. I wanted to see them, in my mind, 
uh, emulating the Steelers. When we have a bad year, let's go nine and eight or 10 mm-hmm. and seven. You know what I mean? When we have a good year, maybe we compete for a championship. So I wanted to see them see some of the younger pieces on defense. I was more evaluating and seeing if they would reach down and, and maybe figure out a way to run the ball, do those kind of things they needed to win and not just rely on Joe Burrow to pull it out for them. So, I, you know, I, I, I still don't expect us to, you know, we have an outside chance to make the playoffs. If we do, I still don't make, I don't, I don't, I don't expect us to make noise. I think some, some of uh, <laughs> my fellow Bengals fans do, you know, they're pounding their chest and everything. I'm still, you know, realizing that we beat Garner Menchu and, and, and Nick Mullins, you know, we didn't, right. We didn't, we didn't go into Buffalo, win a game. Like, yeah. uh, so I, I'm, I'm still hesitant to, to pound my chest too, too loudly, but that said, better than i expected well i it's tough for me to say the Bengals have a very quarterback centric offense i mean mm-hmm. it's built around joe burrow for crying a lot he's one of the best quarterbacks in the game how surprising has jake browning been since that steelers game where he seems to have really settled in and the dude's got some he, he's got some poise but he's got some moxie too like you saw the sideline throwing his helmet and you shouldn't have cut mm-hmm. me. like the dude's got a chip on his shoulder you gotta like it well, yeah, we're talking about a guy, you know, in high school was national champion, was part of the Elite 11. Like, I mean, he's got a pedigree. Um, in Washington, he had really good uh, season with 40 touchdowns, eight interceptions, something along those lines, um, over 4,000 yards passing, and then had an injury and just never kind of came back properly from that. Um, so he's got, a, you know, a pedigree with that. Now, the only quarterback in history to in the, his first four games to throw for over a thousand yards and 75% completions wouldn't have seen that coming. Yeah. But I also think we, we've changed the offense a little bit um, with him going under center, more, more runs. Uh, we're just averaging more runs uh, per game. We're also uh, a lot more play action pass uh, short passing that leads into longer shots. So uh, you know, I think the coaching staff's done a really good job where I was very critical of them early on in the year um, being too happy. They're, they're, this like they got a new toy for Christmas with Joe Burrow, and that's all they want to play with. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you got to stay balanced or else, you know, especially playing against guys like T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, that's a recipe for disaster if you're not balanced. So, I mean, I'm an outsider looking in. You follow this team way closer than I do. But it just seems to me when I watch the Bengals now and when I look at the stat lines and the box scores, it looks different. Like, they're putting up points, but it's not your Jamar Chase. Um, You're seeing a lot of – I mean, Jamar Chase is hurt now, obviously. He's got a shoulder injury. not sure if he's going to suit up on Saturday or not. doesn't look like it right now, but he could could play. But, I mean, T. Higgins has come back, Tyler Boyd – is Jake Browning spreading the ball around more, or is this just the offensive changes that you talked about? Well, that's a good point. Do you know who led us in receptions last week? Tanner guess, Hudson. Yeah, wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> Tanner Hudson. Okay, and 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 uh, Browning completed balls to eleven different players. So yes, yeah. spreading the ball around a lot more, uh, looking for the open receiver. You know, uh, Jamar Chase got hurt with that separated shoulder. Uh, but they still do things where they force feed him the ball on screens and things of that nature um, to make sure they get him acclimated to the game. But outside of that, yes, 100% spreading the ball around a lot more. And that's above the next stuff. When you're hitting 11 different receivers, like 11 different players are catching the football, 
you're not just eyeing down one one player and saying, okay, I got to get it to him, or you're not calling plays that are that's going to this guy no matter what. It, I, I think Jake Browning has been very impressive. I'm not suggesting he's the next Joe Burrow or that he's going to be able to be traded. I'm sure that there's some Bengals fans that think they could, but still, uh, he looks like he's a really good quality backup, and y'all should be pretty happy. What about Joe Mixon? How's he been doing? Has there been any change? The last time we talked, you were bemoaning the fact that they don't run the ball enough. Has that changed with the backup quarterback in there? It has, um, but not to the point where um, Mixon's getting 20-plus carries. Mixon's now getting in that 14 to 18 carry range. But now we've seen Chase Brown over the past few weeks come in and get uh, 6 to 12 touches a game as well, both running and receiving out of the backfield. And uh, he's been pretty electric. He actually, on a uh, screen pass um, against Indianapolis, he had the second fastest clock speed next to DK Metcalf this season at 22.1 mile an hour. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So the Bengals offense is still lethal. They still can beat you in a bunch of different ways. But what about the defense? How's the defense been doing? What are your thoughts on the way that that group is trending right now heading into week 16? Um, the defense has has played better the past couple of weeks. Uh, I, But they, they still have an issue in the run game. And now DJ Reader is out for the remainder of the season with a torn quad. Ugh. And uh, that's not going to help things at all. Um <laughs> I mean, we gave up 132 yards rushing to uh, what Ty- Tyler Chapman. I didn't know who that was until last week. <laughs> um, so not good. You know, I mean, there's yeah. still that, that the middle of the defense running the ball has still been a weakness. I think we've gotten some really – I was worried about safeties coming into the year. I think some of our young safeties, uh, Dax Hill and um, now Jordan Battle from uh, Alabama, the rookie from Alabama, has come in and played pretty well. I mean, he's a tackling machine, always around the ball. Um, uh, corners have played pretty well. Cheeto Ouzier is now looking more like Cheeto after his uh, ACL tear. But the middle of, uh, you know, Trey Hendrickson's a beast. But the middle of the defense, a little soft. Who's your uh, finishing three? You obviously have Steelers this Saturday. Who do you all finish up after that? What's your finishing slate of games? Um, we have the Kansas City Chiefs oh. and the Cleveland Browns. Oh, all right. So that's not an easy road. That's not an easy nope. road. Is the Browns game at home or on the road? I think the Browns game. The Browns game, I think I, I think we go two Chiefs. Uh, I'll double check. I think we go two Chiefs and then Browns at home. Yeah. Okay. Two of the Chiefs, Browns at home. So anything can happen, man. Like the, the chiefs can be got that's been proven more than once this season. Uh, the Browns with Joe Flacco. I don't know what your thoughts are on Joe Flacco coming back, but he's provided a little bit of a spark, right? Uh, you know, he's gotten, he looks really good when you look at yards and you look at, he's throwing more touchdowns. He's also throwing more turnovers. He's also, also completing about 56, 57% of his passes. So good and bad with that. Uh, but yeah, going into our last five games, you know, I talked about it going into those that stretch of games. Four of the teams we were going to play were probably on backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, now I did see limited practice from uh, Kenny Pickett this week, yeah. so who knows? Maybe not. Maybe it ends up being three or five. But I wouldn't be shocked if he plays. If I'm being honest with you, because he's he's been limited the last two days. We'll see what. Uh, the final day of practice on Thursday, which obviously recording this before that's uh, released. Um, we'll see what that holds. But I want to get 
last question before we talk about predictions. What are the Bengals fans saying about Pittsburgh? I'm always curious about the division. You know, this, this is different. You know, Pittsburgh could finish the bottom of the AFC North for the first time in its existence since 2002. Um, what, what are, what are people saying about the Steelers on the other side of the fence? Listen, I, I, you know, I, I think like every Bengals fan would love to come into Pittsburgh and put a nail in that coffin for the season. Yep. That said, there's always an apprehension. Um, <laughs> the, these division games are always tough Yeah, and we have not fared well on games that TJ Watts healthy. Mm-hmm. We haven't fared well. It's yeah. just the fact of the matter. And even, you know, our, our, with Browning's first game against the Steelers, it, it looked like there was there, you, it's a fine line between, you know, respect and fear. And, and I, I, sometimes I think we teeter on that when it comes to TJ Watt. Now, <laughs> if I was standing in the pocket, I probably would too, but you know, that's not what an NFL player should do. You know, we, we need to respect yeah. them, but we still gotta, we still gotta play our game. Well, you've seen, I've seen it a ton this season where the opposition is throwing everything in the kitchen sink in his way before he can get a beat on the quarterback. And how the dude has 16 sacks, I have no idea. I mean, there's people that they have a tight end that chips. They've got a running back that stays back in, and then they even have help after the chip at the tackle coming over. It's insane what this guy has to go through. But a lot of teams have said, if we get beat, it's going to be by Alex Highsmith. It's not going to be by TJ Watt. We'll put the one-on-one on Alex Highsmith's side, and we're going to make sure that TJ Watt doesn't wreck the game and that somehow, some way, he still finds ways to impact the game. And so you bring up a good point. Let's let's talk a little bit about this game. You mentioned the weather before we hit record. It's not supposed to be pretty. We'll put it that way. In, in Pittsburgh, it's going to be cooler and chance of rain. Right now, the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Pittsburgh at Acrisure Stadium are giving two points. So the Steelers are home dogs here with a total of 37. Brandon, you don't have to give me a score prediction. I'm just curious how you think this game's going to play out. Uh, I think it's going to be a tight game. I mean, I, I, I don't see – I mean, these division games normally have been. Um, every once in a while you see something where, where it gets a little out of whack. But, I, I mean, I think uh, – right now, I think there's a lot of problems going on internally – in Pittsburgh, there's a lot of blame game going on. There's a lot of those kind of things. I mean, I listen to a lot of local radio as well, living in Pittsburgh as a Bengals fan. So um, I, I don't know. Like some of the stuff with, uh, you know, Pickens giving up on plays earlier in the year, Deontay Johnson, there's a lot of stuff going on. And it all seems to be on the offensive side of the ball, right? Yep. Um, the Steelers' defensive side of the ball. I mean, you got Craig Hay- um, Hayward, or excuse me, Cam, Cam Hayward. Yeah. That's correct. But um, yeah, you get Cam Hayward, uh, Minka, uh, TJ. Those guys seem to that, like that group seems solidified. Um, I know you have some injuries. Now you got um, KZ out. Minka's out um, too with a knee this week. Yeah. So it's going to yeah, be. So it's, it's tough. I, I feel like we find a way to, to block it. Um, I think the difference is going to be a big play, a splash play here or there, uh, which is probably going to have to be T because I don't think. Um, there's been back and forth about whether uh, Chase is going to play or not. But if you know anything about AC joints, I mean, it's not worth putting him out there in my mind because he, he could break the clavicle or cause issues down the road. It's just not worth it. It's not yeah. worth the to risk the surgery. Just let it heal. Um, yeah. But T could make some big plays, and I, I think that would be the difference in maybe Chase Brown um, be the difference in the game. But I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a four-point game. 
There you go. I, I do have to ask you just since it's the last time we'll talk till the off season, are there any players that in these last few games you're looking at and saying, man, it's probably gonna be the last time we see this guy and the Bengals black and orange, because you know that free agency is coming. I know T Higgins is probably on that list. Are there any other guys that are, that they're projecting they're going to be hitting the market and they're not going to be able to bring him back? Well, the, the big three in, in my mind has been, and without changing has been, um, T Cheeto and DJ reader. Yeah. My biggest fear is I feel like DJ readers last play was a Bengal might've been limping off um, because with, with a torn quad approaching 30 is a defensive interior defensive lineman. That doesn't seem to, that's not something historically the Bengals have put a lot of stock or, or money into um, when they approach 30. So I, I, that's my biggest, I, I, I'm going to miss DJ reader. If he doesn't come back, um, Good player, and I really like the guy. Uh, but I think Cheeto is another one that, because of some of our younger corner play, I think it gives them more confidence. Maybe they'll take a, a corner in the second, third, fourth round, depending on what's available, and and let Cheeto go too. Because when you start paying those other guys, you know uh, Jamar Chase is getting ready to get a bag too. So uh, when when you start paying him and Burrow and those guys, you got to make some tough decisions about where you need to get young and 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 draft correctly and and get people on value versus who you pay. That's a good point. It's a good point. Well, Brandon, why don't you tell everyone where they can find your podcast running through the jungle as well as uh, anything else you want to plug social media, et cetera. Yeah. Running through the jungle. Uh, we are here on the fans first sports network, anywhere you're finding your podcast. Uh, we, we, we have a really good time on there. Um, Cut to the chase with chase Younce is on the channel as well. Pater. If you're into gambling, come check us out. Uh, we've been uh, having a pretty good year, pretty good year, Jeff. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then, uh, you know, probably the most fun thing we do uh, is on Friday nights uh, here on the Steel Curtain Network, we do the uh, the homies and then the homies overtime where we get outside of just the AFC North football and talk a little bit about sometimes life, sometimes basketball, and we do all of our NFL predictions for the week. And we were trash on those last week. I just want you to know that. We were terrible. <laughs> it was pretty funny. That is pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Well, Brandon, enjoy the game. And I'm sure we'll be in touch this offseason to talk about AFC North stuff. But uh, today, best of luck. And uh, we'll see you later. Take it easy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. the second half i made a mistake in the first half it's actually the second half now and i have jeremy jerome bets with me for the all bets are off segment what's up jeremy how's it going it's going pretty good man uh, we're excited for the holiday and getting ready for a lot of traveling uh this year for us so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting i'm, I'm a big christmas guy like it's probably yeah. my favorite time of year and to be honest with you it's the only thing that is brightening my days as i deal with the steelers every single day all day because they have just been well, they've been a dumpster fire. I think don't think there's any other way to put it. They have been a dumpster fire. But Jeremy, I just have to ask your take on on the George Pickens situation. Mike yeah. Tomlin meeting with the media a second time, uh, and him coming out and saying basically that George Pickens, if there's any disciplinary action, he's not going to tell the media. 
Uh, what, what was your take on this whole scenario? Well, my, my take kind of from the beginning, um, <laughs> it has been controversial, I, I think, just to kind of set up where how, I, how I've been feeling about Pickens in the whole situation. I'm not uh, one of these guys calling for him to be um, cut from the team or calling for him to be benched because I, I think you've got to understand the, the situation that he's in a little bit and um, that he's a young guy with some Im- with some maturity issues that also recognizes how talented he is and how good he could be if only his team recognized the exact same thing. So the frustrations mounting over the course of, uh, of time here, um, not to excuse his lack of, of effort and energy on the field, but also to say that uh, I think Tomlin is in the right by not forcing the team to suffer um, for his um, his inconsistencies as far as on the field play. Now, yes, should he be disciplined? Should he, he be uh, told that he needs to understand the assignment and the assignment is to give 110% on every play? Absolutely. But does that need to equate in him missing game time or uh, riding the pine for behavioral issues? Um, at this point, I would say no, because uh, I think you have to understand his his point of view and situation on it as well. And that kind of surprised me that I would have that take overall because I, I'm typically the authoritarian style. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get let's get down to business here and and uh, promote the Steeler way. But I've kind of taken a different approach uh, with him, and and I don't know if if that'll change over time or not. But I, I do feel comfortable with how Mike Tomlin is handling it. Uh, I also think that. Pickens, this needs to be kind of his his stretch run here where he can prove that he can be a team first guy for next year. Uh, because if you yeah. can't be a team first guy, then then that ultimately uh, over, or I guess it, it precedes how much talent you have. It starts to burn some bridges in the locker room is what it does yeah. too. And if you heard or read Jalen Warren's quotes when he had mm-hmm. media availability this week and he said, you know, they're asking him like, hey, did you see this guy? Didn't even try to block for you scoring a touchdown. He said, yeah, I mean, he made a decision. And he, what does he say? I would have blocked for him though. I guess yeah. that's just the player that he is. When you hear those comments of a like, golly, they give anyone that has any semblance of a, of a heart and soul for that particular, particular team that gave you that opportunity and drafted you. Those would cut to the core. Sadly, I don't think they do with George yeah. Pickens. I think George Pickens is pretty tone deaf. Um, I, I don't think he cares about much. I don't think it's like, oh, he has a vendetta against the Steelers. I don't think he cares that much about the game. Uh, when he came in and said, yeah, I didn't know that Matt Canada got fired until I came in like two days later. What? You didn't know? Like, how do you not know? Like, this doesn't make sense. I just don't think he's that type of guy. I mean, go all the way back to draft night mm-hmm. when he was at his house <laughs> and wearing the the shiesty hood and just staring at the TV. He's a different, he's a different cat, as they would say. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's tough. It's tough. I think yeah. the Steelers love these. They, they love these projects, these players that might be deemed to have some red flags and they're like, we can fix them or we'll, we'll get them in line. We've gotten lady on bell in line. We've gotten Antonio Brown in line. I think that the Steelers, you know, there are relationships. There are people in relationships that always want the person that they try to fix. That's the Steelers, yeah. at least under Mike yeah. Tomlin. But I don't know, Jeremy, any final thoughts about this before we move on? Yeah, I, I think that, uh, as far as Pickens goes, you know, you're talking about a, a guy who w- coming out of college, the issues seem to stem more from this guy may be a hothead. 
as opposed to um, doesn't care enough about football. Because, I mean, we all saw the clips of of his blocks in college and what he came Mm -hmm. out into the field uh, doing as a rookie even. And even early this year, you saw those things. Um, I think this is where I differentiate for for him personally. Um, And and I don't know him personally, but just from what I'm seeing here is that over time, Jeff, and, and I'm sure you've been here too. And if you're in a work environment that is, is difficult to maximize your abilities in, then you get frustrated with that type of situation. And eventually you don't want to give everything that you, that you've had or that you've given in the past because uh, they're not giving you anything in return. And I think that that is kind of the situation here. I, this is one of those situations where if the Steelers cut George Pickens tomorrow and he went and signed somewhere else with a better offensive system and uh, a staff that recognized his abilities, I think that he would be back to giving the 110% that we thought we were getting out of this guy when he was drafted. And I think that he would rebound in that manner. But because he's in a system that continually drags him down, he doesn't want to give any more to it. And that's a maturity issue, yes, but it is kind of understandable in my opinion. Yeah, we'll see how the Steelers play this yeah. thing out. There's a lot of questions this offseason. We'll have plenty of time to talk about it when that gets here. But let's talk about the injury report coming up to week 16, Saturday, another Saturday game. It's really yeah. weird that we have the game status for this segment. But here we go. The Steelers roll out three players. Kenny Pickett, who had been limited all week, he actually was ruled out. Mason Rudolph will get the start. Yay. Yay. Um, then, yeah. <laughs> Trenton, <laughs> this is a big deal. Trenton Thompson with his neck, yeah. which is a stinger from last week, he was ruled out. Mm-hmm. And Elijah Riley with his ankle is listed as questionable. Now he is still in that 21 day window. He'll have to be activated to the 53 man roster. And we know Minka Fitzpatrick has been ruled out. So, Hey, let's recap for all those counting at home, mm-hmm. the Steelers current safety situation. <laughs> Minka Fitzpatrick's out. DeMonte Casey has been suspended. The NFL upheld that suspension for the yep. rest of the regular season. And Keanu Neal finds his way on injured reserve. Now save Trenton Thompson, a reserve safety. He is out. Elijah Riley might be back. Gosh, this is dire straits, isn't it, Jeremy? It is. I actually got a call from Mike Tomlin yesterday seeing if I could come play safety, but I just didn't feel I was in the physical shape to do so. He just said (laughs) we need bodies at this point. So uh, I don't know. I might take him up on it. I don't know if I'm in for that kind of punishment physically. No, seriously, though, it's a rough spot. It really is. And um, maybe the saving grace is that Jamar Chase won't be playing in this game. Yeah, he's the only player out for Cincinnati. Yeah, but then you've got to consider that the last time the Steelers faced the Bengals, they didn't have T. Higgins, and they did have Chase. So in some ways, T. Higgins is is maybe even a bigger problem than Jamar Chase because of the type of player he is. Um, so the the fact that they're down middle linebackers uh, to, to the point that they're at now, and they're also down safeties, I mean, you've basically taken the entire middle of the defense – and put the scout team out there now uh, for the last four or five weeks, and, and it's uh, continuing this week. And we've we've seen that it's hasn't been sustainable for winning performance. I'm I'm concerned that that will be the case again this week. I, I would bet a lot of money that Elijah Riley does play this week. Yeah, he was a full participant on Friday. I think that matters, and they need him. They need yeah. him in a big way. I think you can expect Eric Rowe to be a practice squad elevation. He's a veteran defensive back. 
I think you can also expect to see Patrick Peterson playing some in the deep secondary. Mm-hmm. They're they're just going to band aid this thing together, and and yeah. who knows what's going to happen. Um, but I'll tell you what, we'll get to that in prediction time. I want to hear your yeah. take on this game there. But <laughs> let's talk about the rest of the AFC North. Uh, only two other games, considering the Steelers and Bengals, are both AFC North opponents. Let's mm-hmm. go to the Cleveland Browns and the Houston Texans. A huge game for both of these teams. The Houston Texans actually have a shot at getting even to or close to the Jacksonville Jaguars, making that interesting in the AFC South. But that big overtime win last week for them was, it was big. And then the Cleveland Browns with Joe Flacco continue to win. They're finding new and unique ways, even though Flacco mm-hmm. has been turning the ball over a lot. This is in Houston. What do you think? Um, th- This is a, a tough spot for Houston minus CJ Stroud. And with this Cleveland Browns defense kind of, re-rounding into form if you will after a couple bad games and Joe Flacco kind of just playing out of his mind to be to be honest it's it's not it's not real what we're watching you know this is this is some uh animatronic um you know robot that that took on the the skin of of Joe Flacco and is out there you know mechanically looking superior to every other quarterback in football right now and he's making throws that should not be possible so um I'm just concerned for the Texans here that uh, down their quarterback, down a star wide receiver in Tank Dell. um, I think they're down an offensive lineman or two as well this Mm -hmm. week that this is a really tough spot for them. So I would expect Cleveland to to win this game. And honestly, Jeff, um, the Ravens coming up, we'll talk about them in a second. But just from a Browns perspective here, the Ravens coming up have San Francisco and Miami in back to back weeks before Pittsburgh in in the final week of the season, the Browns sit two games back um, of the Bengals in a split or of the, of the Ravens in a split home and home situation with them. They have a shot at this division right now. So they're going to play hard and they're going to win this game. So is CJ Stroudman ruled out or is he still in the protocol? Uh, He's still in the protocol, but he has been. um, Yeah. She's likely out still as I'm looking at it again. Um, he is very, very doubtful for this game. Got it. Uh, just with the with the substantial head injury that it yeah. was no, the I, last I, couple of weeks. I think this is a game that if if I'm a fantasy player, I'm starting Cleveland running backs because yeah. I think yeah. this is a game where Kevin Stefanski's like, listen, Joe, we love the deep ball, and Amari, Amari Cooper loves having you here, but we can't turn it over three times in a game again, so we're going to run it. We're just going to run it. We're going to control the clock. We're going to let our defense win it. I think this is a low-scoring affair, and sadly, I do think the Cleveland Browns win it, and I think they move on with their – I don't know if that will clinch a playoff spot for them. I don't think it will, but at the same no. time, uh, it will make it interesting for sure. And uh, the Houston Texans will probably fall down a notch, and it will it'll be interesting to see how this plays out for sure. But let's also look at the other game. You brought this up. Ravens at the 49ers. This is on Christmas Day night. Mm-hmm. So this is a Monday night game. Maybe – maybe the biggest game of the year to date outside yeah. of maybe you think about the Eagles and Cowboys or the 49ers mm-hmm. and Cowboys earlier in the year. This is going to be tough. This is in San Francisco or Santa Clara, whatever. What do you think yeah. about this one, Jeremy? Well, right now this is your battle of one seeds, right? In yes. each conference. And so you'd have to say that if all were to go according to to paper, that this is your Super Bowl preview. So uh, I would say that, you're going to find out a lot about the Ravens defense in this game um, and their coaching because 
this this San Francisco for all the talk that Miami uh, has rightfully earned about their historic offense this year, and it's kind of cooled down in recent weeks, but they're they're still putting up really good numbers. They're still one of the best offenses in in the league. This is a a truly historic offense for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, um, Brock Purdy is set um, over these next three weeks to break every single meaningful passing statistic record in San Francisco 49ers history. And if you think of the quarterbacks that have played there, that's an insane accomplishment. Um, Christian McCaffrey, if it weren't for his own quarterback playing basically mistake-free football every time he trots out on the field, McCaffrey would be the MVP of the league as well. And, and so this is this is an offense uh, working at a crazy efficient level. And the Ravens defense has been very efficient on, on their own uh, against competition in the AFC. And the Ravens under Lamar Jackson have one singular loss against an NFC opponent. That is an insane statistic. And I think it moves to two losses this, this week because this 49ers team just feels unstoppable. But if John Harbaugh can can scheme up this defense to stop San Francisco's offense. I think you're looking at the AFC representative for the Super Bowl um, in in a time where it seems to be pretty wide open in, on that side of the conference. Yeah, I'm, on Pez's picks, which by the way, if no one's ever checked out that podcast, look it up. It's our local gambler. Yeah. I do the show with Pez. It's a lot of fun. He he took this game and he said he takes he's taking the Baltimore Ravens getting six points. And I okay. said I like the pick, but I don't think they're going to yeah. win outright. I think it's going to be close. Right. Baltimore is a good team. I think they travel well. And he brought up a great point. This is on Christmas day. He said, Jeff, if I'm playing on Christmas day, I don't want my family around. I am in a hotel room. I'm focused on the game. I, I don't have to worry about that stuff. So I think the Ravens are going to give them one hell of a game. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, but I don't think they pull it out. I think the Ravens lose the 49ers, but I think that six point spread, I would take yeah. the Baltimore Ravens getting those six points on the road. All right. The game that everyone cares about sort of Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals, the Acrisure stadium finale for the 2023 season. And it's Cincinnati is actually giving, see, this is fluctuated. I have a get minus yeah. two right now. The Cincinnati Bengals are giving two points with a total of 37, 37, uh, Jeremy Mason Rudolph is at the helm. What do we got? Yeah. Um, <laughs> What do we have, Jeff? Uh, you said the game everybody's excited. Are we excited about this one? Not uh, really. Yeah, not really. <laughs> um, you know, th- typically this is where the, the this is the spot where you'd say, okay, this is this is Mike Tomlin's game, right? It's a division opponent. You're a, a home dog. I mean, this has a Mike Tomlin win written all over it. But I would have said the same thing last week, despite them being on the road. Uh, they were underdogs to a team that was going to be much feistier than the two teams that they had previously lost to. And I even wrote in my, in my picks for the week that if I had to bet on any singular team to win uh, a game last week, if I had to lock up any team, I would have locked up the Mike Tomlin Steelers against all odds against a team on the rise. Um, When you absolutely had to have it, that's when Mike Tomlin wins. That didn't happen. Maybe this breaks the, the, the trends that we've seen from this team over many, many years and uh, what goes up must come down. If you will, um, this is, this has the the makings of, of a Steelers team that just cannot write the ship this year. And I know Steelers fans want to see Mason Rudolph. I, I want to see him too, only to show everybody that there's not a quarterback on this roster right now. That is the answer for next year. Um, and it's not going to be Rudolph either. So 
let's see what happens. Obviously, when you when you factor in two division rivals that know each other well, when you factor in that the Steelers have a blueprint already for beating this team because they did so just three weeks ago uh, or four weeks ago now, the, I think that it's a winnable game. But I'm still going to ride with the Bengals. They're playing better. They're better coached right now. I'm on the offensive side of the ball for sure. And their backup quarterback seems to at least be able to to play football. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. But I'm picking the Bengals here um, in Pittsburgh. I'm going to say that the Bengals win 22 to 17. Bengals Ooh. win 22 to 17. Interesting. So I have a, a similar score, similar final score. You know, I don't think Mason Rudolph is the guy either. And I think there's a lot of folks that are just like, well, let's see if this guy can do something like that's kind of where we are. It's yeah. not that, that Mason Rudolph is going to be the answer and he's going to be the future of the team. Like it's not that at all. I think a lot of people are just saying, well, let's see what he can do. I think Mason Rudolph will make enough plays. He throws a beautiful deep ball. So if yep. George Pickens can run underneath one Calvin Austin, the third, like there's a guy on the roster that has that throw. He's the only one on the roster that has that throw comparing him to yep. Mitch Trubisky and uh, Kenny. So uh, Mason Rudolph will make enough plays. I think the defense is what's going to make the plays. I think TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward, who will be in the lineup after clearing concussion protocol. I have the Steelers winning this one 20 to 17. 20 to 17. Mm, yeah. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be ugly. And I think that, and that's actually right on the nose of the 37 title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. but I, like you said last week, I, I think this is a game where it, no one's given the Steelers a chance and there's been a yeah. lot of turmoil within the organization. I could see the Steelers finding a way to win. All right, Jeremy, what's your, uh, what, what you're taking the weekend off with the Q and a, yeah. and mm -hmm. you, but you do want to talk about some fantasy stuff. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I've got a uh, fantasy game of the week and it yep. is dolphins and Cowboys in Miami. Mm, interesting. Um, a, a Cowboys team that is due for a bounce back now after, a very disappointing showing offensively against the Buffalo Bills last week and defensively as well. But that's where I think that this game could end up being high scoring and you want to play your fantasy players is that the Cowboys, if you're going to beat them, you do it running the football. And is there a more dynamic two running back system in football than Raheem Mostert and Devin Achan right now in Miami? I don't think so. So play those two guys for sure. And then uh, when you factor in that Tyreek Hill is expected to come back this week, um, they get their full arsenal back uh, on offense for the Dolphins and that the Cowboys want to bounce back against the Dolphins team um, th that can be had uh, in the deep, in the secondary. If you're, if you're throwing the football, I think that this has a chance to be a very high scoring game and a competitive game on both sides. So that's why I'm riding with my players from these two teams in fantasy this week, whether you're doing DFS or just standard fantasy football. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, Jeremy, tell everyone where they can find you on social media. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, hop on X and, and find me at the bets 93 I did want to mention that um, this next week, instead of doing Tuesday and Thursday on the Fantasy First podcast from FFSN, just doing Thursday, holiday, um, obviously on Monday, and then I've got some family things going on uh, as well that I need to be a part of. So we won't be doing a Tuesday show, but we will be doing the Thursday DFS show. And so get that on for um, the next to last week. Wow. Next yeah. to last week of the NFL season. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. Well, Jeremy, have a Merry Christmas, man. Happy holidays to you and yours. Be safe out there and we'll talk next week. Take it easy. Merry Christmas, Jeff. How it going? See you. All right, Steeler fans. Thanks to Jeremy, as always, for taking the time. I wish him nothing but the best with he and his family over this holiday season. 
I'm sure you'll be checking out his fantasy football work on the FFSN NFL feed. I did mention Pez's Picks podcast. That's a lot of fun, and it's actually this guy's really good at picking games. If you want to, if you want to get the inside edge on picks, if you like to bet or gamble on the, on the NFL, check out Pez's Picks. P E Z apostrophe S Picks. Just go anywhere you get your podcast and search Pez's Picks. You'll find it. I co-host that show. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. All right. In the meantime, let's finish this on Friday like we always do with a heart to heart. My wish list for the Steelers. My Christmas wish list is just for a win. You heard my prediction when I was talking with Jeremy, and I just want them to win a game. And yes, there's those people out there that say, oh, but the draft position, okay, whatever. I I, I really don't care about that right now. Because here's what I always come back to. I come back to the fact that let's just assume the Steelers have three games left. That's it. Three games left. And I know they've been unbelievably frustrating this season. But only three games left. And then once those three games are up, one week into January, once that's gone, and let's assume that they don't have any other games in January, meaning they don't make the postseason, once that's gone, we won't have any real football until next summer. Yes, we'll have stuff to talk about. There's going to be a lot of turmoil in Pittsburgh this offseason. Is there going to be a coaching change at the top? And we know there's going to be a new offensive coordinator. Is there going to be a new defensive coordinator? What about the draft in the spring? There are so many stepping stones till we get back to play, but that's just such a long time. And sometimes I just like to watch them play. They are frustrating. They are tough to watch. I've said it a million times, and I'll continue to say it. But my wish list is simple. Just win a game. Win the game. That's all I want for Christmas. But I also want to wish every single person out there listening to this podcast, ride or die crew members, I wish you nothing but a ha- the happiest of holidays, the merriest of Christmas, uh, Festivus, if you celebrate, enjoy your Festivus. For those Seinfeld fans, you understand what I'm talking about. Nothing but the best. And, and I know Dave's ta- Dave Schofield talked about this on his Stat Geek podcast, and I'll reiterate it. Sometimes this time of year is difficult for a lot of people. They've lost loved ones. Uh, there's been a lot of change in their lives, sometimes not in a positive way. If I've always said this, when we started this in 2020 with all the crap that was going on in our world, that if for 30 minutes, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you can listen to me and your mind leaves that space and goes somewhere else for just 30 minutes, then I've done my job. And so I hope that that's my gift for you this holiday season and all throughout the year because I'm not going anywhere. All right, that does it for me, folks. Have a Merry Christmas. You'll be hearing from me in the postgame show. You'll hear that special Winners and Losers podcast on Sunday morning. And bright and early on Christmas morning, you will get Jeff Hartman in a Let's Ride podcast. How about that? How about them apples? There's Jeff Hartman in the Let's Ride podcast underneath your tree. Merry Christmas. I don't know if that's a, that's like a lump of coal, I think, last time I checked. Anyways, have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy the game as best as you can. You know how we finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. I'll see you this weekend. Go see you.